One of my homies this year made $10 million with Read the Bible. Don't watch Fresh and Fit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ooh, I'm about to start something. Exactly, bro. Honestly, mentally, that's something that I struggle with. Yeah, I did get married last month. The billionaire that I sat with gave me the best advice that I ever had in my life. He said, Jordan Welch is a business YouTuber legend. The man started from nothing and has now succeeded with an array of businesses ranging from e-commerce to software to a YouTube channel with over a million subscribers. And today he sits down to reveal how he did it all. Jordan Welch. My boy, good to see you, man. Bring it in. Thank you for inviting us into your beautiful home. Of course. Soon as we heard that you're retiring, we had to take the first flight out here. What's going on? Listen, man, I just decided I'm out of the game, bro. After, after 12 years of doing YouTube, I decided I had to hang up my boots, you know? And why is that? <laughs> the retired life, bro. It's the better life, you know? I see you, you're courtside, you're fishing, yep. you're getting your degree. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting my degree in liberal arts. Okay. <laughs> and I'm really just taking that, that seriously. You taking out a loan on that, right? Of course. And then I'm going to basically use that loan mm -hmm. to fund my education. And then I'm going to use the money that I make from school to go ahead and start a 401k. So that's my whole play, really. That's fire. So no more YouTube? Nah, I'm done. All right, we got we got to let it go. <laughs> nah, nah. Listen, by the time that this yeah. drops, I don't even know okay. when this drops. Everything probably already touched the internet. Yeah, I mean, this is probably gonna be in like a month. Or yeah. should I not date it? Maybe don't date it, but okay. Yeah, by the time this is out, you probably started on whatever you're scheming. So what is it that you're scheming? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it doesn't really make sense if it already dropped. You know what I mean? But yeah, basically, I've been putting out there that I'm retired because I'm starting a new series where I go from broke to trying to get rich in 30 days. I'm like the first one on YouTube to ever do anything like that. I can't even think of anybody else in the whole internet who did something like that. I think Soldier Boy did that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm Soldier did it first. <laughs> yeah, I think he did for sure. So second, second. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Second person. Yeah, so, yeah Soldier Boy beat me to it. And then there was some other dude, but I can't uh, remember. But now I'm taking a different route to it. So what are you doing? For the last month, bro, I started over from zero. Okay. I've been doing Instacart. I've been doing garage selling. Shout out to Gary V. Shout I've been out. doing um, the biggest hustle, bro. Is reselling Christmas trees. No I way. put a Facebook marketplace. This has been going crazy. We made $300 today from this. I put up a You're Facebook lying. marketplace listing saying uh -huh. that we're selling Christmas trees with free delivery. Okay. And I sell them for $100. We cruise over to Home Depot, pick them up for 60, go drop them off for 100, take that clean $40. And bro, people have been giving me tips like crazy because we set them up in their house, we clean it up. Some lady gave me a $70 tip today. That's actually wow. fire. Yeah, so and that's, that's a solid scheme. That's my little hustle, and now I'm stacking up. I got okay. around five hundred dollars saved up, and I'm gonna use that money to start a store. So you're actively still doing the series? Yeah, I'm in it. I'm in the trenches right now. Jeez, Deep. Bro. I stayed up till five a.m. last night. Ah, what were you doing? Working on the store. So hold on, you started from zero. What was the first thing you did? Instacart. Instacart. Yeah. And then what? I took the money from Instacart, went to the garage. The cops coming for me, man. They they let the scheme out. <laughs> they don't like that, man. They don't like that. <laughs> nah, I um took the money from Instacart, went uh -huh. to the garage sale. I found some vintage cameras. I flipped them for a little profit. The Instacart hustle is really how I got to my first like three hundred bucks though. Okay. It's totally like slave labor though. I don't recommend Instacart. It's it's harsh. How long does it take to make three hundred dollars? Like four or five days. Oh wow. Nah. It's a grind. For real? On Instacart, it's a grind. I thought it would be better. No, it's not. And you're, you're literally in a grocery store uh -huh. looking for the most peculiar items ever. People want like a specific <laughs> brand and a specific weight uh -huh. and all these things like that. Um, but yo, look, before we get deeper into this conversation, I got a question for you. All right. You would say 
you make a lot of dough, right? I heard you want to travel this year. You're looking for a one-way ticket to Guapville, Motion Hill, to get your bread up central. Well, dropshipping is one of your best options to make money online when you're starting out from scratch. It's how I got my start, and I'm still doing e-com now, five years later. And AutoDS, the sponsor of today's episode, is your one-stop shop for all of your dropshipping needs. They are one of the largest and most reliable services for fulfilling your e-commerce order. You can connect them to your store in just a few clicks, and they'll handle all the back end of your store as far as actually getting your orders to your customers. No more dealing with scammy suppliers and having to worry if your products will ever actually arrive to your customers. Don't have a Shopify dropshipping store? They've just launched a feature where you choose a niche and they'll provide an AI pre-built e-com store for you in just a couple of clicks. You can then use their data-driven product research tools to find a winning product to sell. Combine that with their TikTok ad spy tool to find what advertisements people are currently running for the products that you find. You can even use that to find competitors' websites to see what's currently working in the dropshipping space. Feel free to check them out using the link in the description. And now let's get on with the episode. Uh, I, I make a decent living. Well, look, <laughs> I, I need somebody to grab that box right there real quick. I bought it. Let's get it. What is this, man? What's going on? <laughs> Not only do you make dough, but you would also say you, you identify as a boy, right? As a boy, as yeah. a male. All right, so check this out. Check this out, check this out, check this out. Are we going to narrate it for the audio only people? Audio only <laughs> listeners. Okay, I'm opening it up. We'll have a shoutcaster on it. It came in a wow. pack of two. That's <laughs> as a, a doughboy. Hey, for the doughboy himself, man. Wow. <laughs> That's tough, bro. Wow. I, I'm gonna have to steal that, bro. <laughs> yeah, for I'm sure. Y'all could like share it amongst the three. Cause I'm sorry I didn't break for everyone. No, it's all good. Okay, okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, you yeah. could throw it in the podcast studio. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. That's clean. Did you already explain it for the audio listeners? Uh, two decks, <laughs> Supreme decks. Um, you, pro- you can probably explain it a little bit better. I'm the Doughboy. I'm not a skater boy. I'm not even a skater either, <laughs> but I, I seen these and I was like, yeah, for it's sure. It's everything I stand for. Exactly. <laughs> nah, so this hopefully you like it, bro. Just some light, that. you know. This is going on the wall, bro. You know my wall, right? Yeah, you in got the background. Type of yeah, stuff yeah, here. bro. That's going on there. That's okay, good. I'm happy. That. Man, we don't got nothing for you. <laughs> That's all right. We we're got going to bring you a gift for the kingdom of, Mi- of Miami. Sheesh. I got Man. half a Fiji water, bro. <laughs> That's what's up. That's better than the tap water, so we're good. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we're back. Let's get back okay. into it now. All right, so you're flipping Christmas trees? Yeah, exactly. It's a good hustle, bro. Have you tried the Christmas lights? It's too hard for me. It's, well, I'm in Florida, bro. Y'all in California doing that? I'm in Florida, so we up there. It's 90 degrees. I'm not trying to hang no lights. The Christmas tree <laughs> reselling game is good for me. I mean, if I showed you my phone, I don't have it, but we have like 20 messages every day of people who want trees. We just wow. don't want to deliver trees all day. But it's like 300 to $500 a day right now if where'd I really you, grind. Where'd you put the listing up? Facebook Marketplace. Wow. That's a solid scheme. That's some free game, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. have not heard of this one anywhere. I came up with it. I, Actually, me, I, dream, I had a dream. And my dream was lugging <laughs> trees. And like, I woke up and it was like, that's a Raven type of moment. I just went for it. Are you trolling? I'm, I swear I'm not. I didn't see anybody else do it either, bro. I just, it hit wow. me. I was like, let's try it out. That's smart. Yeah, so what? Not everyone has a truck or a way to get it over, you know? So that yes. makes a lot of sense. A lot of people we've been delivering to are like older ladies and stuff. So So what's the next move? Using that money to start a store. Okay. Yeah. So no more in-betweens. Well, you could probably hustle this up to like a thousand. Yeah. So I'm kind of going to do it simultaneously because, uh-huh. you know, it takes a budget to test these products and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So while I'm testing products, I'm going to be selling more trees and trying to keep stacking up. All right. And you're, you said you're going to be doing daily uploads of this? Yeah. So I'm doing shorts every single day. Okay. I got like 16 of them stacked up now and um, we're going to post the first one tomorrow. So 
I think it's going to go crazy. I hope. I hope. See, but that's the thing. Like, I've had this idea of maybe even going crazier and just full on, like, going on the street or something mm-hmm. like that and starting from scratch. But you're going to put in all of this work. And what if it doesn't, get to, like, gain any traction? You know what? Even if it doesn't, I can say that I had an enjoyable time doing it. And let's say 100 people watch it. Out of those 100 people, somebody's going to feel inspired to follow that journey and do it for themselves. So for me, it's a dub in the end. And I still think it'll hit. Like I, but even if it doesn't, bro, I don't care. Like for me, I'm a creative, right? So if I get the opportunity to make something cool that I look at and I'm like, okay, that was fun to create, I'm happy, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at it. Like we just did a trailer for it, like a movie trailer or whatever. There's no need to do that. It's just like a fun creative process even if that got no views no clicks Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 on youtube i would still be happy that i did it because it looks cool are you not superstitious with like posting a trailer because i feel like when it comes to youtube i'd be like ah what if that throws off the algorithm nah i thought the trailer was so fire i couldn't wait to (laughs) it was fire i'm not gonna lie it was clean it looked like did you have someone produce it uh tail me and tail did it who's tail tail is the guy that does everything on youtube with me there is no jordan welch youtube channel without tail How'd you guys meet? Is this like a joint venture? Yeah, so we met on Tinder. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Grinder. No, no, chill, 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 chill. Nah, so he um, has a cleanup company, like okay. a beach cleanup company, like a nonprofit. And I used to go to the cleanups and stuff like that. And we just met one day at the thing. I was super like motivated and inspired by following him. He was posting crazy content. And he used to work with this dude called The Real Tarzan. You ever heard of him? The real Tarzan? Yeah, is like that, super big influencer dude that does that stuff Luke, with animals. Luke Belmar's brother? No. No, no. Different <laughs> Do they guy. have a similar build? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Not really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, maybe but tripping. Tarzan is like super famous Instagram guy. And Taylor used to shoot all of his stuff. And I was a big fan of Tarzan. And I was like, I want to work with that guy one day. And then we end up meeting. And he ended up... Uh, stop working with the other guy and then we end up filming a video together the first mm-hmm. video was when i bought my mom a truck okay. and he filmed that video and ever since then bro we've been locked in it's been like two years now wow he goes everywhere with me does he do the editing or just the filming uh he edits some stuff i have another kid named ricky shout out to ricky he edits a lot of stuff too i used to edit everything though for years bro like only in the middle of this year did i start letting other people touch the edits okay so how big is the whole team uh, on youtube yeah four four guys yeah and why'd you ask youtube what else you got going on i got viral vault okay. which is my education and software business uh-huh. that business is one that i've had since 2018 and that's a little bit of a bigger operation over there and that business for me is my main business at this moment okay yeah. and how many people are working for that 15 15 yeah what is viral vault can you explain it to us yeah it's like an all-in-one toolkit so if you want to start your store we got training we got software and we got community so we give you the tools to get started. We give you the, the knowledge. And then there's mm-hmm. a community of other people who are also doing it. Um, that's kind of the vision. I wanted to have like the easiest way, not necessarily the easiest, but the best resource for somebody who wants to get started. And it's subscription-based? Yeah, subscription-based. Are you raking it, are you raking it in? I mean, I do all right. It's not, it's not like I'm making a mill a month or nothing like that, but it's doing pretty well. We got yeah. a couple thousand people subscribed, yeah. All right, we'll have to do some, some math after this. Yeah, yeah, in fact, just count it up. One, two, three, four. No, it's good, though. Um, the thing is, like, for me, I don't really take money out of that business. I mm-hmm. keep it back in there, and I keep trying to grow. All the money that I spend, like, for, like, my life and stuff like that is coming from the YouTube side. So that business, like, gets to grow and grow and grow, and I'm really grateful for that. And I started five years ago, and it completely flopped for three years. It only started hitting in 2021. See, but with subscriptions, I feel like that's stressful, bro. Like you kind of got to provide value month after month. 
if you have a team in place though it makes it a lot easier like you gotta understand i got four coaches i got a community manager i got people that's in there hosting calls four times a week mm-hmm. i pop in on sundays i do my call i check in with the chat maybe once a couple times a day like if you put the systems in place everybody's happy and there's still value being provided but yes there's a little bit of stress involved you want to make sure that you're delivering on that product yeah I bet. You know? and what else do you have going on i know you had for a while they're like a one dollar course yeah are you still doing that yeah i am that's sort of how we get people to join the viral vault so the one dollar course is super cheap it's accessible to literally anybody mm-hmm. and then inside of there we upsell people to join the subscription it's like delivering a lot of value up front giving them a taste of what they can get from inside of there. Mm-hmm. And the $1 course is like a case study showing how I built my uh, Shopify brand and sold it. And then at the end I say, okay, if you guys want me to help you join the uh-huh. funnel, that's kind of how that works. Okay. It's yeah. a pretty solid setup. Do you have affiliate links throughout? Yeah, I do. Shopify and a couple Shopify. other ones. Have yeah. you been on the Shopify one for a while? I heard crazy things about people. Honestly, bro, in. this is one of my biggest regrets in business is that I was late to the Shopify affiliate game. Same. I yeah. heard it was like, was it Sebastian who was talking about it? What do you say? Uh, that was Iman, no? Iman. Somebody was saying that it's like 150 bucks for a free trial. Yeah. Something crazy like that. It, it is that, but it used to be even crazier. So you used to get people to pay $1 right away and you get $150. Now they got to pay $1 for three months and they got to pay for the full subscription. Mm-hmm. Then you get paid, which is still a good offer. But man, that offer used to crack. And I had the biggest video ranked on YouTube for dropshipping for years. And I never had the affiliate link. I could have been in a, in a freaking lamb truck right now, bro. <laughs> with four skateboard Man. decks. <laughs> Man, no, I feel that. I saw, who were the early people who got on that? I think I saw Scott, Scott Hill. Kelsey. Yeah. I thought you were eating off that too, no? I wasn't. That's that was shopping. very recent. Very recent. That's yeah. pr- Honestly, if you were to ask me my biggest regret in business, I'd probably say the same thing. I feel you, bro. We'll, we're, we're in Spain together. Yeah, bro, it's bad. I'm just curious. Uh, you said you were in the YouTube content game for a while. How long has it been exactly? I think I posted my first video like 12 years ago. 12 years. Yeah, wow. when I was legit. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, do you, how do you evolve? I mean, how do you choose what to do next? I mean, you're doing this new uh, 30-day challenge. How do you choose what to get into? Okay, like I look at options because there's a bunch of different types of videos that I know could get views. And then I say, which one actually sounds fun for me to create? Like, and then I look at, okay, what's actually getting views right now on YouTube? And then I lean into that. So is this type of thing getting views for people and is it also something that i really want to create but then there's also like this subsection of videos that like nobody else has ever done Mm -hmm. and those are like the wild cards because you don't know if they're going to work but if you try them out and they hit then it becomes iconic so i like to see what's working and do stuff that sounds cool to me but also every once in a while i have an idea like this one that i have where i haven't seen anybody recently try it Mm -hmm. and it it called to me so i think it's going to hit so what would you describe like what you're making right now in this, not, not the, the actual series, but just the type of content you're making right now? I am documenting my journey okay. of being an entrepreneur and sharing the story of other entrepreneurs around the world. For me, my goal above anything else is to inspire people to start their own business and show them what's possible. Mm-hmm. And the best way I found that I could do that is from sharing my story and now traveling around and finding people who are way richer than me and getting their story. That's how I look at my channel. Are you still going to get back into long form content after that or no? Yeah, for sure. What do you mean when you say long form? Just like 10 minute videos, you know, the usual. Yeah, of course. Of course. This, um, I was scared for a second, bro. 
no, no, no. Yeah, I'm never going to stop doing that. Probably even longer videos. I like longer videos even better now. No, but you're not doing this series with just short form. No, right? of course not. Do, okay. The, the, the shorts are literally like just to build hype for the, the big video at the end. Taking a page out of uh, what my friend Phidias did with the Elon Musk hug thing. I don't know if All you saw right, that. Yeah, yeah. But he posted like 70 shorts in a row and then he posted a video and it got like a million views in a day, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe it flops by the time you guys watching this, you're like, <laughs> yeah, Jordan, you know, downfall. But I feel good about it, man. So. Well, how do you plan on, or do you plan on evolving your content? Because I know if you stick with the same thing and like stick with the same niche for a long time, you're just bound to die off. So like, do you have a plan of, I'm gonna do this content, then this, then maybe pivot into this? Well, I don't look so, so far ahead in that way, but I feel like over the last two years, I've really evolved my content a lot from sitting in my tiny apartment, talking about dropshipping, to then traveling around and doing challenges, to then doing interviews with people, and really just kind of finding my own way through experimentation. I've always been sort of evolving with the video. So next year, maybe there's another genre that I explore. But one thing that I think you've done really well is like, you have like a style to your videos. And like, I know that if I watch this video, I'm gonna kind of expect this. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm gonna click it. Whereas if you're constantly changing the style or the genre of your videos, it's like if Drake dropped a country song, like <laughs> it's not gonna hit as hard as if he dropped that club anthem, you right. know? So it's good to have your style, but uh -huh. also be comfortable to experiment. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I see, I slightly disagree because I think if you, just do the same thing over and over again, again, you're gonna die off. Mm -hmm. But I guess if you have a style and you do different things in that style, you can make that work pretty long-term. I think your your interviews are very sustainable. Like the interview style content, because you can, it's fairly repeatable, right? Mm -hmm. Is it a pain to get these people on? No, it's, a, it's an honor, bro. I get to sit in rooms that I normally wouldn't get in, you know? Mm -hmm. Like we just spent a day with a billionaire in Dubai. I'm not saying I wouldn't have been able to meet up with this guy normally, but he gave us a full day together just because right. I had a camera guy with me. <laughs> you know, it's like that for me is the best thing. It's like I get to sit with these amazing people. I sat with the richest man in Florida. Uh, I'm getting to sit with you and all these other people around the world. Like I like doing interviews. The only downside to the interviews is that eventually you just become like the interview guy and people don't mm. really know what you're about. So I try to sprinkle my own stuff in there, too. It's kind of like the Daniel Mack guy, the what do you do for a living? Yeah. Like it's a solid concept, but how do you get people to like you like beyond the content? Exactly, bro. Honestly, mentally, that's something that I struggle with, you know, this year. Like there was times where like I'm getting a bunch of views and stuff, mm -hmm. but I'm like, man, all the views is just because of this guest that I had on my show. And like, you know, I meet subscribers and stuff all the time. I love my subscribers, but sometimes people would come to me and be like, hey, you're that guy that asks people what they do for a living. I was like, no, I'm not that guy. You got to know me more than that. But yeah, that's something where I was yeah. like, okay, is that the route that I want to go on? So I do love the interviews and I'm not going to stop them because I feel like we've really found our own style in that as I see so many people copying it and stuff mm -hmm. now and I enjoy them, but it's important for me to keep doing my own projects as well. So you've done a lot of these interviews. Which one was the most impactful for you? For me personally or which one you think hit the, the world for the you, biggest? For you. No, nah, I don't know, man. It's hard to say that. Like, I'll give you a clip though. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Wanna say something crazy? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, my favorite interview was with the kid from the war room. No, I'm just like, I was like, <laughs> no, I think my favorite interview that I did this year specifically was with Luke Belmar because we were in Switzerland, it looked like we were in a, a movie or something like that. And some of the game that he dropped in that video was crazy. 
he was talking about like, I was saying, what advice do you have for somebody if they're at the very bottom? He's like, the only place you could go is up. I was like, this guy is just dropping bars, bro. I don't know what's going on in his brain. I enjoyed my video with Luke very much. And also sitting with a billionaire. I sat with two billionaires this year. Um, this guy, Thomas Petterfee, the richest man in Florida, sitting with him was very interesting to me because, you know, I come from the freaking like the slums, bro. Like I I'm, don't come from money. Like, and then I go to the most expensive house in Palm Beach and this guy's like shaking my hand, greeting me and asking me for a coffee and stuff. That expanded my mind to like know where I'm at in life. And he had some good game, but he scared me. He said that eventually there's going to be a crash so bad that it never recovers. Do you agree? If I'm not going to argue with this guy, bro. He knows what he's talking well, who, about. Who is this guy? What, how did he have his come up? He owns Interactive Brokers. Oh, the trading? He owns wow. it. He started it. He's like... <laughs> That's a reliable source. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not a trust me, bro. That's not a finance, bro. That's like him. Yo. He's him. And so what did he say? That everything's crashing? He said that there will be a crash so bad that when it comes back, the stocks that you have today will be worthless. And he's like, hey, thanks, Jordan. Appreciate you having me at the house, man. It was good. Good time. Nah, that's really how he ended the interview, though. We stopped right there. He took the mic off and everything. Did he put you on game after the cameras are off? What are, he had to go. What's the move? He had a meeting, a coffee break and stuff. Wow. So how do you prepare for that? Are you going to prepare for that? He gave me the best advice. The billionaire that I sat with gave me the best advice that I ever had in my life. He said, the only thing they can't take away from you is what you learned. Yeah, I guess. So you think if you, if you were... Maybe he's just from, saying that. <laughs> no, that's true. But if you were to go from complete scratch, you can rebuild it all up again. I'm trying to find out right now. <laughs> that's what you're but I believe that, man. Skills pay the bills. Like if you go down to nothing, you, I know you're going to get it back. <laughs> I know you are because of the knowledge and the skills that you have. That's why I feel like the ultimate wealth is skills and knowledge. If you have those two things, no matter how down bad you are, you're always going to be able to get it back in a recession, in a different country, no matter where it is. If you know how to sell, mm -hmm. if you know how to market online, if you know how to make content, these things can get you out of even the worst jams. You, if, even if, even if you, you need to get a job and you know how to sell and you're in a different country, you can sell your way into that job and use that money to start another hustle. Like, so for me, I feel like he, he said something there, saying that the things that you learn is the only thing they can't take mm -hmm. away from you. And with that, it's like, that's how you prepare yourself is you build up skills to make sure that even in the worst recession, what you have is still valuable. You know, even if everything still crashes, people still gonna watch YouTube. Even if everything still crashes, people still gonna wanna um, buy cars. People still gonna wanna go shopping. People still gonna wanna, you, you could name all these different things. You get what I'm trying to say though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. basically the best way to protect yourself is to buy Viral Vault. Facts, bro. Because okay. I'm gonna teach you to. No, I'm just like, <laughs> only if you buy his course as well at the same time. Then you know, double dip. You know, then you get it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but that's how I feel about it. What do you think? No, I agree with that. Like I do. Um, I do sometimes think about like what would happen if all of it went away. Like if everything I have right now were to disappear, and I had to go like work a regular job, would I be able to build it back up again? Where would you work? I feel like I would do something like that. Just start with the Instacarts and then get into these like little hustles. Mm. I'd probably do Christmas lights. Yeah. Because we could do that in California. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you had to go get like a nine to five though, what you do? Nine to five. Can I go to college? Yeah. Probably actually, could. actually, no, you can't. You have to get an entry level nine to five. Where are you going? Mm. I mean, like honestly, I'm sort of probably get into computer science. Just try to take like some little online course. Mm-hmm and go crazy with a computer what about you 
I would probably work at like a dog hotel or something like that. <laughs> dog hotel? Yeah, like, you know, the because you, you get to see the dogs every day and like hang out with the dogs and stuff. I'd probably work at a dog hotel. Nobody's thinking sales? Oh, uh, I mean, but dogs, bro. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you they mean? They got some dogs in sales? <laughs> nah, sales job is fire. I'm just trolling. Like, honestly, if there's any job to get into, sales is probably the one. A commission-based so. sales job, yeah. like door-to-door, like doing solar, mm-hmm. yeah. um, even selling cars, but that's a rat race. Like figuring out something that you could do where you get a commission, where there's no cap on how much you can make. Like one of my homies, uh, he's like a mentor of mine. He owns one of the biggest solar companies in the world called mm-hmm. Better Earth. He got people going door to door, making a million dollars a year doing sales. Just from door knocking? Door knocking. Yeah, no way. And they lead their own teams and stuff. Like these are like the highest okay. ranking guys, you know what I mean? But there's levels to sales, bro. You can make oh, yeah. crazy money with just that. I agree. Well, let me get, let me get into this. Talk to me. You've been doing YouTube for 12 years now. Do you feel like you ever get burnt out with it? Do you ever want to quit? Did you have moments where you're like, all right, I'm not going to do it anymore? Yeah, not recently, but yeah, I did quit. You know, in in um, 2019 when I was in debt and I was going downhill fast and living a a terrible lifestyle full of just desires and pleasures and bad stuff. I I just gave up. I felt like it was too much for me. And then I got back into it in 2020 when I started making money again. And since then, bro, I really haven't stopped. Now, since 2020 to today, the last three years, there are moments where it's hard, like extremely hard to the point where like I question myself, like, is this the right route? Mm -hmm. But when I weigh it up against the other things that I could be doing, like I have friends that have companies like high ticket closing companies. They sell people, make a million dollars a month, but they're like miserable button pushing for Mm -hmm. hours a day. I get to create art that I think is cool that gets to inspire people around the world and get paid to do it. So it's like the dream job for me and I get to meet cool people. So as hard as it is, I actually feel like I have my dream job and I wouldn't trade it. Like I was up till five in the morning last night. I don't ever stay up late like that, but just to get this challenge that I'm like that deep into it. And it's, it's, it's hard now, but when that, when that's done, mm-hmm. imagine the dopamine rush of like, yo, we did that. Like, but imagine the, the dopamine deficiency if it's a 10 out of 10 there's always another video my friend iman said it best he said um this tunnel never ends right you always going to keep making videos so even if it drops there's the next one mm-hmm. i've been on a streak actually um i did like with the exception of my last video the three before that were all eight out of ten nine out of ten ten out of ten that and for the people that don't know what that means that means one out of ten is your best performing video out of the last ten ten out of ten means you need to do better that's your worst performer <laughs> And I, I had three of those in a row. And these are three videos that I thought were outstanding. But I feel like with your videos, some of them start out slow, but they pick up because they're pretty evergreen. All my videos start slow yeah. like that. And they, they kind of pick up later. That's something I'm trying to figure out. Like, I want to have more of that, like, bomb effect when I drop a video, you know? Mm. I feel like you get you get a lot of views on the first day usually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not crazy, but... But you know what I'm saying, know, though? That, like, your audience jumps on a video when you post it. Yeah, but that's because I haven't been posting frequently. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was doing weeklies, yeah, I don't know if it would be like that. But even with the weeklies, you had such a specific schedule where it was Saturday at 12 o'clock. So True. people were waiting for it, anticipating it. So I've tried doing a weekly schedule where you post mm-hmm. the same time every day and stuff, or every week, and it, I feel like it just destroys creativity. If I have a shot clock every single Friday to post a video, it's not going to be my best work. Like for this video, for example, we started working on it a month ago. If I said, oh, it has to be done like within a week, it wouldn't have been the best. I mean, you spend a lot of time on your projects. How long did it take for you and TJ to do your thing? TJ? Ooh, a, a little bit too long. It was, I think, three to four months. 
three yeah. months yeah that was one was a, a but and that but that's true I, i'm super proud of the video but the only reason i was able to do that is because i wasn't posting weekly mm -hmm. yeah. so there's a lot of truth to that because if you have to do weekly that's a lot to squeeze in a week yeah i take your format over the weekly grind all day like think of the best idea that you could possibly create and just grind it out like it's gonna perform better that way too because you're gonna make good art you think so you're you're taking the quality over quantity yeah, for sure. That doesn't mean you post once a year because quality over <laughs> quantity, like, you know, but yeah, I think so because YouTube is really the best video is going to rise to the top, especially with a new channel. Mm -hmm. So if you're posting your weekly vlog or you went to Starbucks, like it's not going to hit. You got to make something that's really special, especially on a new channel. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of new channels recommended. Do you have that? Yeah, YouTube pushes new channels yeah. hard. Do you think it's a move to create a new channel? Like if you've been uploading for, let's say, a year, no traction, do you just create a new channel? Um, I wouldn't do that. That seems counterproductive to me. But I would just keep grinding on the one that I had. I did that. I mean, I was stuck at 28,000 subscribers for two years. That's tough. Posting videos every other week. So what'd you do to get out of that? I started treating YouTube more seriously and started studying how to make better videos, how to package videos better mm -hmm. and stop posting weekly and like <laughs> try to make fire videos, you know? Right. Um, and another thing I did was a lot of times, like at, at that time specifically, I had like 28,000 subscribers and all my videos were like, what do they want? What do those mm -hmm. 28,000 people want? Instead of thinking like, how can I get a broad amount of new people. What's appealing to new people? I had like the most niche dropshipping in market people ever, but mm -hmm. how can I get new people interested into dropshipping? So it was like taking a topic that's niche and making it more broad, which you, you did as well, really good. Yeah, that was my whole thesis. It's like create business entertaining so it reaches a much wider audience. Yeah, I'm gonna give you your flowers because I feel like you really were the pioneer of that. Like you, you really, if you go back like 2019, 18 when you really started making that pivot nobody else was really doing that so that's that's something where i always looked at you like damn this kid is different like you you, you really did that bro. Oh, bro i appreciate that for sure are you done now with, with that are you done with like with, with that lane like because you, you're a little quiet now on the internet bro i mean you just stayed up till 5 a.m editing this challenge video and, yeah. like i do not envy that you know it's just such a grind and like, I don't know if I feel the same passion for it now mm -hmm. after doing it for like four years. I just, I, I don't know if I have it in me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I beg to differ. I, I feel like just from watching your stuff and, and maybe you just fake it really well. But when I watch your stuff, like I see a guy who is so deeply in love with the creative pursuit of these videos and you take it so seriously that maybe at this moment you don't love it anymore and you don't mm -hmm. love what it is. But I think you will find that love for it again because like just the effort in your videos alone says a lot about how you feel about it. And the fact that you've been doing it since you were a kid is like, like I, I, I see that I could be wrong, but yeah, maybe, maybe I'll just have to find like my format, you know, cause I, I do, I don't know if I want to do another dropshipping challenge. Yeah, don't. You don't have to. You have such a, a strong skill set in the world of business and, and, and content creation that you can make videos about whatever you want. You could even get back into skating and probably take over YouTube. Skating channel? Nah, bro, I'm not doing that. It's not I'm worth just it. saying, though, like, you can make videos about whatever you yeah. want. You started in this podcast, and I know it's going to do better than a lot of other podcasts because of your knowledge that you have about YouTube and, you know, the people that you're bringing on. So, for, you know. Max and TJ, yes, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, it's 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 yeah. just I, I, 
I respect what you're saying though, because there are times, especially with the challenges where I was like, I don't ever want to do a challenge again. And I haven't done one all year. This is like one of the only ones that I've done. But it's tough because they perform the best. That's what people want to see. Yeah, it is. Um, every once in a while, I'll do one. But as you can see, if I'm going to do one, You're doing I'm right. going to do it all the way. Yeah. And no, try you to can make... tell by your videos, bro. You clock in. Like, yeah, you can sure. see the work. Thank you, bro. It's, it's a lot. And I understand because I can see, I know what it takes to do what you're doing. And so I hand some flowers to you as well. <laughs> hey, thank you, bro. I feel like once people hit a million subscribers, something turns in their head. I feel like that's what happened with you a little bit. You were, you were really consistent before you hit a million. And then once you hit a million, it kind of, you started thinking all these thoughts, you know, oh, am I, am I burning out? And then you kind of take a step back. You, not so much, right? You, you're more of an artist. You just keep going, huh? Yeah, I definitely did see that in you as well. <laughs> that Q&A hit 10 out of 10. And it was a wrap afterwards. <laughs> no, I'm just trolling. Um, yeah, I, not that you stopped after a million, but like, I felt like when that happened, you just slowed down on the content production completely. Yeah, because I, I was obsessed with that million mark. I yeah. wanted that play button, bro. Like I was calculating how many subscribers I'm getting per day how long it's going to take me if I keep going on this, uh, at this track record. Yeah. Like, I was so about it. And then once I hit it, you know, I, I guess I lost a lot of motivation and I knew it was coming, but I still did. Yeah. I think I really managed my expectations well for that because I knew it wasn't going to be anything too special in the moment when it happened, I was very emotional because I had just lost my dad literally two days prior to that. Um, and you know, I really wanted him to see me do mm -hmm. that, but, I knew that when I hit a million subscribers, nothing was going to change. In fact, it was just going to get harder because now you have extra pressure and you now have an audience to deliver for. Whereas when you have 20,000 subscribers or no subscribers, you can create whatever you want and there's no expectation. Um, and yeah, once I hit a million, I, I think I started going even harder on the videos. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a moment where you're like, okay, I did that because what's the next milestone 10 million like <laughs> too far yeah like 2 million is not that cool yeah as as entitled as that right. sounds hitting the two is not that crazy you're not getting anything you're not getting a play button yeah if they don't get the play button did it even happen that's you what i'm saying did you hear about the shopify play buttons not I, play buttons i'm not making got... that type of money bro what's good with that <laughs> Where, how, how much money how much money you make to get that i think the first one is at a hundred thousand orders and then they have one for a million. Oh yeah you got one on the way soon that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know what it is, but that that's what like that almost motivates me more than the money. The play button <laughs> and, and the plaques and stuff is really smart and it and it really makes people grind hard. It's just a representation of your your success. But after a while it's just sitting on the wall. No, I don't even really you know. Are you okay with talking about your personal life? Of course. It's a podcast. I, but like if if you go too crazy, I'll probably hit the brakes, but Okay. Hit me whatever you want. Yo, your boy told me that you're trying to make some money with dropshipping and that the sponsor of today's episode, AutoDS, can help you with that. AutoDS is one of the top dropshipping order fulfillment services, right? They are the ones automatically fulfilling orders for thousands of dropshipping stores out there. So they know what's currently selling because they're the ones facilitating the fulfillment of all of these orders. And so based on all of that data, they've been able to build up one of the most in-depth product research tools on the market. They've even compiled a list of winning products, which gets updated on a daily basis. 
nice. And then on top of that, they've launched a TikTok ad spy tool so you can take the products and find the advertisements that are currently being used to sell those products as well as see your competitors' websites so you can see winning dropshipping funnels, the whole A to Z from the advertisement, the product to the website to see what's currently working with dropshipping. Whether you're an experienced dropshipper looking for a new fulfillment solution or you're completely starting from scratch, AutoDS can help you at every part of your e-commerce journey. You get started today with a free trial link in the description. And now let's get on with the episode. I heard something crazy on the Mike Thirst podcast. Yeah. You got married. Yeah, I did get married last month. Last Le month? Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah congrats. Thank you guys. Man. Thank you guys. How how did you meet your wife? So my wife, she's an amazing woman. We met around three years ago um, here in Miami. Okay. She worked at this restaurant I used to go to every single day and they were filming a commercial for the restaurant mm -hmm. and she um she's like a filmer she, okay. she's like a creative type of girl and at the at the restaurant they wanted me to be in the commercial so she ended up filming me in the okay. commercial and i seen her with the camera and i was like okay i like her i like <laughs> her so you know we talked and stuff the first day i got connected with her and man i think it was like two days later we went out for the first time and um like no five-star dinner nothing like that we just went for like a walk we, we live in the same neighborhood, so I was like, let's go for a walk. So we went for a walk. We ate some little cheap food, and I went back home that night like, yo, like, <laughs> I like this girl a lot for real. And that's how we met. Did you guys have a wedding? A uh, small wedding, yeah, in Buenos Aires. Argentina. Oh, wow. Yeah, in Argentina. That's how is it out there? I love Argentina. You know, we were talking about how to prepare for, like, the end of the world and stuff. Mm -hmm. I have this plan to build a compound in Argentina. I want to get a giant piece of land. I want to have, like, natural water resources. I want to have, like, cattle and a farm and a big property and, like, still have stuff in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and live in the U.S. But just in case, <laughs> Argentina is good because it's, like, neutral. Mm -hmm. You know, Argentina is, like, not having beef with any other countries really like that. So if anything went down, that's where Hitler went. I've heard. Yeah. Is that true? That's, that's a fact. You I mean, it's a there? conspiracy, but it's a fact. <laughs> no, I know it's Not a true. fact because my wife is from this town called Charata, and Charata is the town that he supposedly ran away to. And we sat one night and watched this whole documentary about it. And then when I went to her town, it's like this tiny village, bro. I was like, we got to go. Like, so she's showing me around, showing me these different places. They have like a German school in the middle of an Argentine mm, that's village. That's a little weird. That's a little suspect, that's a little bro. Weird. So... I think he really dipped out there. Are you serious about actually getting a ranch out there? Yeah, 100% serious. Are you a prepper? Um, I'm not. I have like two bottles of water in my fridge right now. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not prepped yet, but I, I would like to have a compound for sure. Yeah, I respect that. And a lot of guns. No, I'm just like. It seems like a lot of people are starting to become preppers. Why do you think that is? Because people are like uncertain. Like people don't really have some people do but maybe it's like blind faith in like the future of the world but i feel like some people are a little shaky about where the world's gonna go are you um i think it's safer to be a little nervous instead of being like delusionally optimistic but i don't walk around anxious about mm -hmm. a war with another country all day every day i'm the type of guy that i look at what's in front of me today and i try to do my best dealing with that and I try as much as I can to not stress out about external influences and things that are out of my control. Where do you think you learned that? You're just a chill, calm person. <laughs> it's, it's work. I learned a lot from reading because, you know, all throughout school and stuff, I was like a very anxious kid, like very anxious. Mm -hmm. I used to get picked on and stuff. And I just was not somebody that was calm at all. 
But I started reading books when I was like 17. I, I read like The Power of Now. I read um, The Untethered Soul. And I, I don't meditate like every day and stuff like that. But back then I really was on that journey. Like I would meditate. I would try to find some stillness, find some peace. And those books kind of opened my mind to the concept of being present and the now and all these type of concepts. So it's something, it's a, it's a lifelong practice. Like I still get anxious and I still get stressed out, but I, I keep a calm demeanor most of the time, even in a, in a storm, because for me, that works the best. Are you religious? Yeah, I am. I'm a Christian. Christian. Okay. Yeah. And you're, you're openly Christian. Do you talk about that? I mean, nobody really asked me. Oh, well. But I mean, I've been like, I would say I've been like a lukewarm Christian, you know, my whole life because I grew up going to church and stuff, mm -hmm. but I always didn't like the church. I'm not gonna say I hated the church, but I didn't like it because I just, it just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, this isn't real. Like none of this happened. Like I don't understand it, whatever. And I just stopped going at a young age. And now actually very recently, like within the last two months, I started going back to church and I, I, I read the Bible almost every day. And I started understanding that, okay, like there's a million history beats that show that this actually did happen. And let's say even if it didn't, right? And even if you don't believe that, if you still open the Bible and you go through the pages of the Bible, you're gonna find the most divine wisdom you've ever find, more than you're gonna find from Tony Robbins and more than you're gonna find from Zig Ziglar and Gary Vee and all these other guys. Fresh and fit. Fresh and fit. Yeah, them boys, don't watch them boys, man. Read the Bible, don't watch Fresh and Fit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, Fresh and fit is like the opposite of reading the Bible. <laughs> um, so for me, that's a journey I've been on. I've been going to church every week. Um, just I haven't like I'm not a perfect Christian. Nobody mm -hmm. is. But I started walking in that path at this stage of my life more than ever and claiming it proudly instead of being lukewarm. That's know? awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Jadeon's doing oh, that now. Yeah. Have you saw anything about that? Yeah, I've seen that. And I give actually flowers to Jideon because he helped me, not personally, but just from watching his testimony and seeing his videos, Gideon helped me see the power of Christ for sure. Like his testimony, there's a video, he goes up on stage and he was talking about it and it was a very powerful video. I watched that video and it almost broke me to tears. And another person too that I'll give credit to is Ryan Trahan. That's somebody mm -hmm. that I've been able to become friends with. And, um, you know, he's talking to me about God a lot. And I saw a shift in his success when he started openly accepting Christ and putting that as a part of his brand. And I'm not saying, oh, you should accept Christ so you become more successful in the world. That's the whole opposite reason of what it represents. But you're I in saw it for the things. money. I <laughs> said I'm in it for the money. Exactly. Yes. Anyways, that's what I that's what I would say about the Christian side of my life. It's a journey that I'm really just starting to walk into heavily. And I give credit to Gideon and Trahan for real for that because they, they, they sort of like, I'm like, these are two of the biggest creators in the world and they openly represent Christ. Like that's cool to me, for real. What made you take that first step into like following Jesus and stuff? Uh, I think I always believed in, in God as a kid, but I always have my doubts because my family is super religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But recently what got me going back to church, full transparency is watching that, that Gideon testimony. Wow. wow. Fair enough, yeah. yeah, like I swear I watched it. And you know, I honestly I felt like bro should have not like completely trashed the channel. I felt like he could have <laughs> he could have still put out the word of God and actually had a bigger impact if he mm -hmm. like kept his original format but like made it Christian. But I respect his decision and I can't knock him at all. Um Kanye tried to do it too, and that that kind of like I'm not comparing him, let me not say that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> but um Nah, bro, Gideon did the right thing. I just, 
think that eventually I hope he finds his way into a way that he can get a bunch of views again and mm-hmm. use his voice because his voice is powerful. It, it got me, you know? Yeah. It it's got cra- me. It's crazy because he's like, bro, he's at the top of the game. Yeah. Like he's, he's one of the biggest. Yeah. And to scrap all of that, I wonder, I wonder how it is for him financially. Like, do you think I mean, he's, he's at, paid, 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 paid. So you think paid. he's at a point where that's not a concern? Oh, yeah. He's like the biggest, top three biggest YouTubers in the world. The merch and was I heard going those crazy YouTube too. guys make some money. Huh? Yeah, the merch was going crazy too. All these kids are wearing that merch. And yeah, no, he's paid. Like, but I, as far as I understand, you know, when you live a life with Christ, it's not that money doesn't matter anymore, mm-hmm. but you reach a certain point where it's like, okay, I'm destroying myself in pursuit of these worldly desires when I could find my peace and freedom from within. Now, it's a mistake to not chase success in the world because you need that to survive and provide for your people. But the true success does come from within. The kingdom of God is within. That's what they say. So I believe that. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, for sure. How do you stay locked in? You live in Miami. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a lot of temptations. Um, do you, are you locked in or do you indulge? When I first moved out here, you know, I got a little taste of it. I've been to every club you could think of out here. I go to parties. I, I meet up different people and stuff like that. But, you know, at a certain point, bro, it's boring. Like, I love a good party as much as anybody else, but you wake up the next day all hungover and tired. Whatever you was working on got slowed down a little bit. For me, it's not the lifestyle that I crave so much. But, I, of course, I've been outside. I've got a taste of it all. And I still go outside every once in a while. I still like to party. But it's not, it's not for me. And now that I have a wife, it's like, ain't nothing for me at the club. Mm. I love good music. You know, I like to DJ a little bit myself. I love electronic music. Like, I'll go to a party just to vibe out to the music and hang out with my friends. But everything else at a club, nothing good is going to happen after 4 a.m. It's only bad stuff. People are going to be doing the drugs. People are going to be drinking. It's going to be a lot of scandalous girls around there. Nothing good is going to happen in there. So you shouldn't be in there. That being said, I love me a good late night party with my <laughs> wife. Do you see yourself moving out now that you are married or you're, you guys are sticking with Miami? No, I love Miami, bro. Yeah. I, I really do. Because as much as you said, there's like the um, degeneracy and stuff. There's a wholesome side of Miami, too, that a lot of people don't know about. Like, I feel like Miami has some of the best nature. Miami has some really good people, some of the best restaurants. Like you can get all the wholesome stuff, too. There's just that subsection, which is what everybody thinks that's all Miami is about. So I'll, I'll stay here for the long haul. The only hard part is that my family doesn't live here. Mm. So I got to drive a couple hours to go see my family. I, my dream would be to have them come over here, but I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's why I, I wouldn't want to move. It's yeah. Like Sacramento isn't all that great, but it's just a family thing. Like I wouldn't want to move away from family and friends. Yeah, you're super close to your family, right? But you don't talk about them a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't hide them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, well, I've just never had the chance to talk about them. You know, I'm not going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about a mid like Mr. Beast challenge video type of. <laughs> what 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 is your what does your mom think about your success? Like when you first started telling her you want to make money online, was she like, "Is this this is really going to happen?" Or she didn't know what was going on. I didn't announce my moves like that. <laughs> like, okay, I, I didn't I didn't go around talking about yeah I'm going to make money online. It was just kind of when it happened. I did have to come to her to have her tap in with the taxes and all that because I wasn't 18. <laughs> uh, and it also, it, it all happened so sudden because I went from making like 2000 a month to 17 the next. So it's, I don't even remember like what, uh, like what the reaction was. I was just so locked in. Do you have other siblings? Yeah, I got a sister and two brothers. That's crazy. 
Do they drop ship? <laughs> <laughs> no, surprisingly not. I don't know. Uh, well, they the thing is they have careers. Okay. So, so you're the like, youngest one. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Uh -huh. So I feel like once you already have a career, it's so tough to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Dropshipping is kind of a rat race too. It's a great business model, but like if you already having something stable, like yeah. it's a whole, it's a whole pivot. Like be prepared to devote your whole everything to that. You got to be hungry for it. Yeah. Like it's not a little side hustle. <laughs> if you really want to take it seriously. Do you write your own script? For the videos? Yeah. I just use uh, this cool thing, chat GPT. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I just say like write a you Jordan. Have the plus. You must have the plus. Yeah. It's, it's like good. write a Jordan video with little Bia has an influence and <laughs> little <Drake>. Iman, uh, <laughs> and it's crazy, it just cooks it up, you know? That's fire. Yeah, yeah for sure. You gotta tap in with that. Nah, I, I, write, the, I write the videos. I've experimented with a script writer, but it felt weird to me. It's like, I like writing, because it's my, my words, you know? How scripted are the videos? Um, the sit-down videos are scripted. Do you have you a know? teleprompter? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. But like, for me, it's, the best way to get my thoughts across. Cause like, I'd be yapping if I didn't have that. I would just, it would be like 40 minutes of me like stumbling and bumbling over words. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I can sit and I can give my best thoughts and put them on paper and then I can read it out to the people. And I feel like it flows better that way. Maybe yeah, I get some flack for that one, but. No, I, I've experimented with teleprompters, mm -hmm. but I think I st I, for the sit down videos, I would still script them out, but I, th I think it just comes out more natural if you do it in like short, Bursts instead of the teleprompter vibe. Yeah, I do short bursts still. So no teleprompter. I have it. I'm bad at talking. <laughs> you don't seem like it. I have like I have like the thing that I put a space. Like I'm putting out too too much sauce down. Too much sauce. But yeah, no, I just I'm not actually that good at the video recording. Like if it comes down to it, and it's like if I had to talk about a topic, like and I didn't have something to go off of, it'd be a mess. You know. So why are your videos still so good? What is it? What's your it? ChatGPT, bro. Chat <laughs> no, I, I don't know, bro. I put a lot of prep into them before I start filming. Before even for like an interview, I know everything about the person before I ever sit down with them, weird stuff about them. Like, and, and that makes it so when we do sit down and we're having conversations, I could throw something at them and they'd be like, how'd you know that? How you know that? Shout out to Narwa. He really inspired me to be that way in interviews for sure. Um, and for the sit down videos, it's, I spent a lot of time writing them beforehand. Mm -hmm. The challenge videos, that's just, we call it the YouTube gods. Like sometimes stuff just happens in those videos where like you can't explain it any other way except for like the YouTube gods coming through. Like it's just one of those things. Could we get into some Miami stuff? Yeah. What you want to talk about? Going back to that, is there like a big scene out here? Because I feel like everybody on Twitter, Miami, Miami, Miami. Do you have a lot of like entrepreneur boys out here? Uh, yeah, but like I, there's a lot of people out here that like, I don't really get down with like a lot of like the young internet money people in Miami to me mm -hmm. are kind of like, Ooh, I'm about to start something. Nah, I just like <laughs> drop names, drop names. No, no, no. I just think that a lot of people over inflate what they got out here. Mm. A lot of people do. And the people that I really roll around with here in Miami are some of the most low key guys that are more paid than anybody you see on Instagram. And I've got some amazing friends that I've made out here. Uh, one of my mentors, he's like an art collector. He's like 55 years old. He has Basquiat's and Picasso's and he's like this little short, little uh, <laughs> Austrian dude. Like, you know, uh, my friend Zane, the guy that owns the solar company, like he's, he's pretty chill down to earth. He has a culling and stuff, but he not like out here like, yeah, look at me, I'm rich. Like I find that a lot of people move to Miami and they start putting that 
that image on the, you know the condo the floor to ceiling windows oh man and the little <laughs> Urus. The, you, you gotta have the Urus. the Urus, man Urus. It, uh, that's a car right there do you know of any like crazy scam stories because i know a lot of the nft scams they kind of originated from miami do you know any of those guys crazy scam stories like just these gurus i heard of this dude he did like this thing it's crazy Stop, bro right <laughs> what i already know where you're going what are you talking about <laughs> it was like going. it was like a fluffy <laughs> something <laughs> <laughs> this gets brought up every time <laughs> nah scam stories bro i don't i don't roll around with scammers like that so i don't really know except about for me <laughs> yeah exactly okay. you made my an exception guy. for me yeah, yeah fact, fact, fact. <laughs> my favorite scammer <laughs> yeah no i don't really roll around with scammers like that so i don't know many scam stories like i know about stories of people that like you know pay to take down like instagrams like and i know the people that do it and then they they ex, uh what you call it, blackmail you into paying them back i the thing is if i start telling you about some of like the bad stuff i tell you i know mm -hmm. it's gonna air out that i'm not even supposed to be talking about so i don't want to step on that Cause I can't tell the Fair stories enough. without telling who the people are. So sorry, I gotta, I can't give you that question. That's okay. <laughs> Just scam stories. I'm trying to think if I can give you a good one though for the video. Nah, I got nothing. None. How'd you meet your like the 50 year old Austrian guy? Like, how do you meet these people? Um, how did I meet him? Oh, I had my birthday party at his uh, art gallery. And you guys just hit it off. Yeah, we just got wow. connected that day, and he was super cool, and we went to F1 together. He like knows every, all the drivers and stuff. And like, he's weirdly connected. He got stories with like Basquiat, like in real life. He used to <laughs> hang out with him and stuff. He's like, one day I went to the club with Basquiat <laughs> and we left the club and he had a bag full of money and he needed to get home. And somebody had a car in the front and he gave them the bag of money and he took their car and drove it home. And what? the next day I see him in the car and he painted all over the car. <laughs> Seems like a chill dude. Yeah, chill guy. We got to get him on the pod. Are you, are you good with older people? What do you mean by that? Like just older guys. I mean, you're. <laughs> All right, let me rephrase that. Mean, no, I'm just playing with you, bro. Uh, <laughs> how do I phrase that better, bro? Because <laughs> the billionaire, this guy, you seem to enjoy talking to people with a lot of wisdom. <laughs> I, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I think people, I don't know. It, it's not hard for me to talk to people, whether like, whether you're a billionaire or a celebrity. I met all types of celebrities and stuff too. Like, it's not hard for me to talk to people. Like, no, I don't care how much money you got or how famous you are. Like, I don't know. I guess I learned that from my mom. Like, my mom's really good with people. My mom, you know, she's like this amazing woman, but, you know, she came from pretty rough beginnings. Mm -hmm. And when she started dating my dad, she used to go around his neighborhood a lot. And his neighborhood, you know, where, where I grew up a little bit is super rough. So my mom used to be around the hood. She's like this little white lady, like she's in the hood, but she was also around successful people at her job. She used to be a receptionist at a doctor's office. And like my mom, just from watching her, I learned a lot about how to talk with people, you know? But I think mm. it's like, I don't know why people like talking to me. I don't know. I think I ask a lot of questions. That's another thing too. That's what I would say. If you're talking to older people, ask them questions and shut up and actually be interested in their questions. Everybody reads that book, How to Win Friends and Influence mm -hmm. People, and start interviewing people and not even listening to what they have to say. But like, if you ask people questions that you actually listen, people will end up liking you. That's what I found. So when I get around somebody new and I wanna like impress them, I don't talk about what I got. I don't talk about what I've done. I just try to learn more about them and, and find these really specific things that they're into and dig deep, because people's favorite thing is to talk about themselves. Seems fair, yeah. Besides plaques, uh, is there anything else you're into? Um, cars, watches? Uh, yeah, I got a couple watches. Uh, I don't really like 
I, I love my car. I have the M2 competition. I don't have like a, a, a Yaris yet. I need to get my funds <laughs> up. But the M2 competition, that's, I love that car. Is it manual? No, I don't know how to drive manual. Ah, uh, you should have got manual. You, you would have learned quick. You must drive a BMW since you said that. <laughs> How'd you know, bro? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I live in Miami, bro. I don't want to be out here like, mm, that's true. <laughs> you know, every every, every two seconds, like, mm. for, I wouldn't want to have it in the city. Are yeah, you a Beamer just, guy? Huh? You a Beamer guy? Yeah. For, look, look, at I got the coffee table book and stuff. Oh, there there you go. Go. No, I like, I like BMWs a lot. Um, I'm never going to get rid of that car. Uh, yeah. If I get a supercar, I'll still keep that one. Because that car for me yeah. is special. I want to get one. Yeah, you should. Yeah, they, they seem fun, like the perfect proportions. Did you drive it before? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was going to say they're you could take mine and go. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that car. I got, I got some watches too, but um, I, I spent a lot of money on my family too, like off mm. the, the world of the internet. Like I look out for my people heavy. My team is well taken care of. Um, those are the things I spend my money on. I, I, I don't really like, I travel. When I travel, I do it in a nice way too. I always try to do like the best when I travel. Maybe Graham Stephan would be cringing if you heard me say <laughs> that, but like we always try to do the best of travel. So for me, that's what I like to spend my money on. Um, I don't really like splash too crazy on other stuff, but. Do you have plans to get in like a solid supercar? I don't know. I, I, wanna, I want a Porsche, you Porsche? know. Porsche? I mean, okay, a Porsche, <laughs> yes, um, exactly. I, I think so, but I don't really care. Like, you know, I wanted the, the M2 so bad, right? Mm -hmm. I got it. And then like, a month later, I was like, okay, that's my car. That's just my car now. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I, even if I buy a McLaren 765 LT, it's going to be dope for a month. And then it's going to be my car. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like after a while, it literally just becomes your car. And then you just feel stupid. I mean, me personally, <laughs> like I've done that a few times. Yeah. What you drive? You low key, but you got cars, bro. You, you got a couple. Yeah. I, I went through a few. I, I feel like it's cause I always had that. Like I'd get a car for a few months. I'm like, yo, I'm in the big body beaver, uh -huh. but then that wears off and then I just go sell it and get another one. But I had, um, I had an M4. I had a earlier, I had a Porsche uh, Cayman, mm -hmm. Cayman S I'll give myself some credit <laughs> right now. I have a, like the fun car is the E46 M3. It's like a mint one. Nice. And then I have a Raptor truck. Raptor trucks are nice. I got, I got one too. It's like, I keep it in Fort Myers. Um, when are you getting the Urus though? The Urus? Sheesh, bro. That's, that's when the stake money starts coming. <laughs> Maybe then. Nah, I shot on the Urus. Uh, but, you know, shout out to all the Urus drivers out there and stuff like that. Uh, that's just, the, if you live in Miami, that car is about as common as a Civic out here, bro. They're everywhere. The Urus. You don't rock with them? It's just not my, it's just not really? my thing. Yeah. If I'm going to get a, if I'm going to get a truck, I'll probably go G wagon with it. Are you investing in anything like crypto homes, real estate stocks? Uh, I got this hot new fluffy coin investment. <laughs> um, yeah, I just bought a house or a duplex. Mm. Yeah. I bought a house. Um, like what? Three weeks ago, mm. bought a duplex, got a crazy nice. deal. I did like, um, y'all heard of like sub two sub two. That's like when somebody has a mortgage, but they, they're struggling to pay the mortgage. So you come in oh, there and you, and you yeah. take over the mortgage and you pay mm -hmm. it off. So I was able to do that for a family member of mine. And I got, I got this house, it's worth $400,000 right now. Mm -hmm. I got a house for like 200. Wow. Yeah. Actually like 150. That's a scheme. That's a steal. But now I have to go in and do all the reno and stuff and I've done nothing. So um, <laughs> I'm slaving away doing Instacart when I literally have a, a, a rent of a, a, a property. You know, I got the game backwards, bro. That's kind of my gripe with real estate though. Like, is it worth your time? In this case, this deal uh -huh. made sense. Because for me, it's like, okay, 150, whatever K in my bank account is literally dead money. 
-hmm. Like it's not doing nothing. So if something like this pops up, I buy it, I'm instantly up in equity. I'm going to go ahead and hold that. Now, am I going to become the next, you know, like real estate guru? I don't think so, but we'll see. What do you think about it? You got properties now. I'd rather yeah. ask you. Yeah, dude. Like I just, I had this moment like a few weeks ago, I woke up and I have to deal with like a tree that fell over on a property in Texas. Oh no. I and, remember you bought that house. Yeah. And I'm not like, I'm just breaking even on the rent on that money. So it's like, it's all this work for not much reward. I think in certain positions, it doesn't make that much sense. If you have a business that you can focus on. But you're up. I mean, you paid like 300 for it. It's worth like 450 now, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm wondering <laughs> if I allocated the energy that I'm allocating towards this, getting this tree. I mean, how bad was the tree thing? You just call a tree person and like two I hours guess, but it, it's mental headspace. <laughs> I guess. I, mean, I, I hear you like to be able to take away from what you're doing to focus yeah. on that when you barely breaking even on it. Yeah. I think people do overhype a little bit about the whole passive income side of, of real estate, but I think real estate is a good place to put some money. Like if you, if you have the excess capital, get getting a property is not the worst place you could put your money at for sure. But it is a lot, it is a lot more work than people make it out to be. People put real estate as passive income. That's a damn lie. Like, 100%. like it can be, uh -huh. at a certain point but even then there's always something to deal with so i don't like the whole passive income real estate thing section eight does is a little more on the passive income side but even that has its own problem because you're dealing with section eight tenants so yeah it's it's a grind everything's a grind there's no easy path to getting stupid rich drop shipping yeah exactly <laughs> by the course <laughs> yeah. i feel like we have destroyed this idea especially for young men that being married and having a a, a one woman is something mm -hmm. to look up to because the biggest guys in this space, especially in the red pill self-improvement space, are surrounded by a bunch of women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's glorified in a way that that's the best possible thing. But guess what? I know some of these people and I know that deep down in their heart, what they want is one girl, one day, one girl that they can ride with to the end. Because these girls that you surround yourself with usually just become leeches and mm. take everything away from you and take your energy and your soul when you can have one woman that you're really building an empire with. So I think it's one thing that is stopping people from having kids and getting families. It's like, the influences, especially for young men. Like women, you know, it's kind of the same, but really it's for the young men. Like you take the average 18 year old, they don't want to get married. They don't want to have kids. They don't want to have a family. And that wasn't, I don't feel like that was always like that. That's true. But I think it's also even like a health thing. Like the fertility clinics are having a rise in like patients. People just aren't able to have kids. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, that could be from a lot of things. It could be from the tap water. It could be from who knows. I heard Huberman talking about vaping frying your like eggs and whatnot yeah vaping is crazy kids start like at 12 years old now vaping it's crazy. like my little brother he's in middle school and he tells me all these stories he's about chiefing? nah bro <laughs> my little brother is uh is dialed in but right. he uh he's in he tells mode? me st he's what he's in monk mode yeah for sure <laughs> nah he he's he's being a kid and he's enjoying being a kid but he tells me these stories about these kids at school 12 years old they start vaping on the bus and stuff smoking weed that's that's scary you know that, that not like that's anything new even in the 60s mm -hmm. kids were smoking cigarettes and stuff in middle school like but the forms of consumption that we have now get crazier and crazier and crazier you know yeah i feel that but I started doing different stuff at a young age and I turned out all right. But sometimes I wish I never, ever did, you know? Yeah, here. Do you want kids? Yeah, for sure. How many? My wife wants more than I do, but you know, I want to have two at least. What yeah. are you naming your first kid? Oh, I don't know that. TJ? Potentially. Yeah. Um, Be a Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we heard that you got signed. 
I guess you could say that, yeah. Me and Iman collaborated on his project, Educate. Mm. So I joined their team, I, I became a educator and I, and I put a little program inside of there teaching people how to start their own store. How did that like connect? How'd you, like, how did he reach out to you? Him and I have been boys now for like two years. Mm -hmm. um, and he told me bef way before he started this project, his vision for it. And he told me very early on that he wanted me to be one of the first people to come in there and, and, and teach a little something. And at first I wasn't gonna do it because I already have my own products and all that. But I like what they're doing. And I support the vision of that company. Having a platform for kids to go and learn about whatever subject they want, taught by different professors, I think it's cool. And the other one sucks. So um, this one is gonna be good and actually nice. And I'm really proud of the program that I put inside of there. And the deal was good too. So I was happy to support that project. I was happy to support Iman. And I also think it's a good look you know, for the brand, mm -hmm. for my followers, like people love to see us doing stuff together. Just like people will be very happy to see you and me sitting down together. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of overlap there. So I feel like the one thing I love about the YouTube money space, whatever you want to call it, is that like all the guys at the top, you can find the guys at the bottom to be a little different, but all the guys that are at the higher rank of it, everybody's really supportive of one another and everybody want to kind of like lift up the next man. And that's something that is really cool to me. So yeah. That's how the whole educate thing came together. That's dope. Do you think it's gonna negatively impact like your side of things and any offers you offer? Nah, I don't think it'll impact it. Cause I was able to, you know, put my products inside of there as well. And there's no like crazy, like, oh, you can't talk about your product anymore. You just have to do this. Mm -hmm. Literally, I came in there, I created the program and that was that, mm. you know what I mean? All right, yeah. that makes sense. You get to promote your stuff. Maybe some of his audience comes in and goes on your software. It's a win-win. I, I, don't, I don't lose much from doing that deal. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, he drops like another NFT. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> he not gonna like that one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we love you, man. Speaking of NFTs, do you have any? Nah, I missed the NFT wave. And then by the time I got in, I was doing YouTube challenges. So I like, I was late, bro. You have any crypto? I got some Bitcoin and some Ethereum, but a very unimpressive amount. I just thought Luke told you like more about crypto because he's very big into crypto. I think you know this, obviously. Yeah. He didn't tell you anything. He didn't, he didn't put you on sauce. Well, if he did, would I put it out publicly? <laughs> no, I, I just I, I'll take accountability and say that like I haven't put the reps in. I haven't put the hours in. I haven't studied enough. I ain't read the Bitcoin standard, you know, all these things like that. I, I could take it more seriously and maybe one day I'll regret that I didn't. But yeah, I'm not the biggest crypto guy in the world. That's for sure. So what do you invest in? I got the house. I'm averaging into the Graham Stephan strategy. I got my okay. little index funds, uh, you know, my little retirement accounts. I got high yield savings accounts, um, mm -hmm. a couple individual stocks, but nothing really crazy. I like the investing strategy where I don't have to do any effort. So yeah, a percentage same. of my income that I make around like 20%, I put into the high yield savings account. Mm -hmm. And then around 10%, I put into the um, index fund account that I have. And then a little bit more, I just play around with stocks. So I'm investing around like 30, 40% of the money I make. But then the rest of it goes back into the business. Like the rest of the investment goes back. Into how the do business. you make, how do you put it back into the business? I mean, we do big projects. We do bigger videos. Like we invest in equipment. We travel, um, I hire, right? Like I just, you can't spend it all, but I try to. Cause like if, if let's say Viral Vault made like a couple hundred thousand in a month and I do nothing with that money and I just sit on it. Well then how does the business elevate? You can mm -hmm. use that money to then hire a new person or build a new tool. So for me, that's, I'm trying to get better at that though. Mm. I'm trying to get better. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, with YouTube, I never really knew cause the money would come in, but like, how do you actually apply that money to reinvest it back in your business? Well, you always made super lean videos. Yeah. 
like all my videos usually involve traveling and then mm -hmm. there's with traveling there's accommodation and then with accommodation there's transportation and dinners and i i honestly look at the lean videos that you make even though they're not lean in time but they mm -hmm. are in resources as like the best because you don't spend no money but then you get to promote your product and you get the adsense and like your youtube business is probably insanely profitable like one of the most on youtube i think you actually said you had the highest paid youtube channel at one point in time that was just that was just clickbait i ain't gonna front. it got me <laughs> now you gotta understand i think i've seen every one of your videos at least really? in the last like three years wow i'm like a youtube junkie do you justify it as research uh at 4 a.m when i'm watching the story of like some killer from saskatchewan it's research same yeah i have that same issue like i'll be up till 2 a.m watching videos but i'm like oh this is my job bro i watch the most random videos ever and honestly i'll be watching like 90 day fiance like greatest moments like compilation <laughs> 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 uh, nah it's 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 a problem what's your screen time oh no <laughs> exposed in 4k I, i'm actually on the challenge right now okay so you know we'll see what it is my screen time, let's see. It can't be that bad, right? I'm averaging four hours a day. Oh, that's, that's solid. Bad. That's pretty that's good, That's yeah. rookie numbers, bro. But I have two phones. Oh, why do you have two no, phones? No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, uh, it's four <laughs> hours a day. What are the top apps? Um, let's see. TikTok. Instagram, I'll be on a gram. Are you on Reels? Doom scrolling on Reels. But I just posted something today, so like I'm getting like the dopamine rush mm. of posting. Messenger, because I was trying to sell Christmas trees. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's it, really, not Instagram bad. and Messenger. Really not bad. Well, thanks. A couple of years ago, four years would have been like diabolical screen time. Or four, four hours would have been like diabolical, but now it's acceptable. Yeah. Are, are we crazy for saying that that's acceptable? I think it's better than... You take an average 15-year-old kid and you look at their screen time. Sorry, 15-year-olds. It's probably double, triple. Easily. That's yeah. what I heard. It's like getting up to eight, 10 hours. I believe it. I got a niece. I love her to death. I got two nieces, but one in particular, she's like four years old. I call her TikTok because every, <laughs> every time I see her, she's just like, hi. She's like, yeah. I, I, what does that look like in 10 years? That's what I'm wondering. Like, actually. Shoot, I don't know, man. We're going to have to have like lectures with the subway surfers underneath the, <laughs> the teachers. <laughs> it's the only way. I mean, I'm myself almost there. Like, if there's no, if there's no car video under the video, yeah. scroll. Why would I watch it? Like, I, I, it does nothing for me. Have yeah, you, it's scary, bro. Have you done anything like that? Like with the TikToks where you do the podcast clips and have the, do you have a strategy for TikTok? Yeah, I have like a distribution team that we use and they put out a bunch of content. For some of the pages, they do that. Does it help? I had a video just like that with Ryan Trahan where I interviewed him mm -hmm. and it got 13 million views. Wow. And it was, but, but it was, see, it was dude, me interviewing him with GTA on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. See, that would make me stop. Yeah, exactly. It's like, is the car going to land or is it not? <laughs> But see, it's a, it's a crazy number, 13 million, but does it actually benefit you in any way? Like, do you see noticeable results? That month in particular was the most subscribers I ever got in a month. Was it a short? Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that, that video hit. I think the shorts do help. We just kind of brand recognition. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever done paid ads? For my channel? Just for anything. Well, not for anything, but like for your personal brand. Yeah, I run ads for the $1 program. But yeah, for me, the paid ads, if you do too much of them, it destroys your brand, I think. Really? I, I think. I think if you look at, there's a couple case studies of this over the years. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to nuke my brand by becoming the ads guy. Like I have YouTube Red. Sorry, Subtle Flex. But um, if you watch YouTube on somebody's device that doesn't have it, and you keep getting ads from this same bozo every single day, you don't like that guy no more. 
Like, that's true. You don't like, especially if you didn't know him at first. Like, if they know you mm-hmm. and then they see your eyes, they're like, okay, that's, that's Vlad. He's cool, whatever. But if they don't know you and that's their first impression of you, you're that guy. Is that still working though? Because same here, I have the premium, so I don't see the ads. Are people still running these course ads? And yes, bro, people print on YouTube ads every wow. single day with the craziest offers you could think of. One of my homies this year made ten million dollars with YouTube ads. Um, he has a YouTube automation program. Funny enough, mm. and yeah, YouTube ads still print to this day. If you have a high ticket offer, especially. Is he actually doing good with YouTube automation? Because I've been hearing about that everywhere. <laughs> I don't know his I don't know his business like that, okay. but I know he make a lot of money teaching it. That's for sure. I know yeah. that. No, I've been hearing a lot about YouTube automation. Then there's no, I'm not going to trash him like that. He actually showed me on his YouTube studio a faceless channel that he made that got a billion views and made over a million dollars in AdSense. That's legit. Then yeah, he showed it to me on his phone. So I'm not going to be out here doing that to him. Um, he makes good money with that, and it does still work. You did it too with the faceless channel. Sigma Financial. Sigma Financial. Yeah, yeah. facts. You Y'all saw did, the video? Yeah, I saw the video. You commented on the video before I even posted yeah. about it. I tell you, it. I'm a junkie, bro. I have a problem on you. <laughs> you do have a problem. I dude. see everything all the time. I'm early to people. Like, I find people before they blow up. That's how I've been able to befriend a lot of creators too, because mm-hmm. I'm like early to their videos and like I reach out to them. Did you have any like early bets that you saw them just completely explode? Tommy G. Tommy G. I found I found Tommy G's channel. We had like 80,000 subscribers and we reached out and we got connected. I watched this man go from 80,000 to like a million subscribers in less than a year. That was crazy. I did a video with Iman, even though Iman was cool in our little subculture. Mm -hmm. When I did the video with Iman, he had 190,000 subscribers. When was that? That was in early of last year. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, I was early Mm -hmm. to him and stuff. But what I'm saying is that like, I always try to I'm on YouTube too much. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I wish you could invest. I know. They try, there's a couple companies that tried that, I think. Like some crypto ones? Yeah. yeah I think. I think I've seen that. I, I would have put my chips in on you. I was early on YouTube. I'm not, I'm not trying to say nothing, but because I was in drop shipping. So, oh, like, yeah. you know, I was, I was watching your stuff early, early. I remember Alex Becker shared you one time before. You might not even know this. Really? Yeah. Was he trashing me? No, in a good way. He was what shouting you, you out. I was in his private mastermind back in the day. Okay. And he was like, if y'all want to do YouTube, do it like this kid. This kid figured it out. Like, wow. this, is, this, this is the best kid on YouTube right now. That's crazy. Yeah. That was actually how I found out about you pretty I early on. I had no idea that he said that. Yeah, you got a big cosign early on. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing big things. Yeah, he, he is. He just sold his company for $100 million. He's paid. He got bread? For sure, Alex. Wait, so you were in one of his courses? Yeah. What was that? It was a mastermind to teach you how to sell high-ticket courses a course on how to sell courses facts that's the best course (laughs) okay did it help it did i didn't get rich off of it but that's my fault because he had the knowledge i just didn't execute it properly but everybody in that group that i knew at that time ended up being successful so um i wanted to know about the brand you sold um the the software you sold it about like a year ago talking about sleep band yeah that's the one you sold it for how much i don't i I don't talk about it because when i signed the deal to close it that was part of it because he knew i did youtube and stuff so he didn't want to put out the deal value and how that went down so can you can you tell me more about it yeah it was an e-com brand it was like it started as a dropshipping store but it was like it was it was enough money to where i was like okay like i i'm okay with stopping the store Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like enough money like we're going pj turks and caicos like (laughs) you know like it wasn't like that you know but it was enough money to where I'm like, okay, I'm happy with letting you take this store off my hands. I didn't want to run the store anymore. I was over it because I was making so much more money from YouTube and I had had the store for almost two years at that time. And it was kind of like going like this because I wasn't working on it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like escaped that one. 
Do you think the guy got finessed? All right, we probably should have talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> he, definitely, he definitely didn't get finessed, bro, because the business was profitable by the time he bought it. It was making around $1,000 a day in profit. He got all the content. We had a fully custom product at that time with a crazy supplier. We had stock. He got my team. Mm -hmm. So he got what he paid for. He blew the bag because when he got in, in the role to run the business, he had like four other products that he was running. So he mm. tried to like juggle them all at the same time. And then the business continued the route that it went on. Um, I don't know where it went. I was just going to. Yeah, him. I mean, it Did just it? I don't know what happened to it. I, the guy like I told him for the next six months, like you reach out to me. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just not talk about this on the video, but I'll tell you for the next six months. Like he's like, oh, you could reach out. I told him, reach out to me. Ask me any questions like I'm here for you, bro. Bought the business went ghost mode. Two weeks we talked and I never heard from him again. And then like six months later, the store is just not on Shopify anymore. And I haven't heard from the guy ever since then, but I got my money and I know the other business that he's running, it's like another sleep mm -hmm. store. So they make money. So well, I yeah, think he must have money to have bought that. Yeah, he bought it. It didn't pop off the way he wanted. He just kept working on his other thing. Mm. Yeah. Tell him I have a store to sell him. <laughs> Speaking of TJ though, we have a reoccurring segment on the show where we ask, especially finance YouTubers, whether or not he should go to college because he's considering to go to college for next year next month bro or next semester or whatever let me let me ask you this and i'll answer the question why do you want to go to college and what do you want to study in college first off um computer science and the reason i'm going to college is as a backup plan you know no don't go to college <laughs> if you're already setting up a backup plan that means you don't believe in plan a mm. you don't think that's a little reckless I, I, I honestly don't because it worked, it worked for me. And actually most of the other people that I know that have become successful, they kind of look at it the same way. It's like you go all in on that thing that you want to do and you don't stop until it works. Now I went to college for a year yeah. and it was an okay experience and it didn't stop me from becoming, you know, whatever in, in business, but it's not the thing that got me there. Yeah. And that backup plan, sure, it didn't have to come in handy. Yeah. And also there's maybe other backup plans that are a little bit, you know, better, but Ultimately, do what you feel is right. But if I was you, I would figure out how to get some money and I'll figure out how to keep building this business that you're building. Because like, unless you genuinely want to be like a computer science dude, like if that's what you really want to do, then do that. But like, if I you want to just make money and, yeah. and drive manual BMWs, then like, <laughs> I think just stick with what you're doing right now and double down on that. I mean, I don't, I don't hate computer science. I've done it in the past, mm -hmm. but it, it's like, I wouldn't do college like full time, you know, it would be definitely like online and it would be like 50, 50 between business and college. So mm -hmm. it's not like, Oh, only college or business. But then at the same time, I feel like you do need a hundred percent focus on your business. But I mean, yeah, if you're dropping 50% focus into the business, you're going to get crushed by the 16 year old kid. That's like on prime energy that works nonstop <laughs> on his dropshipping organic store. He's going to just walk on you all day long. Right. Mm -hmm. So, it's something to consider. You could still become successful with 50% energy, but the more, the better, right? Exactly. Um, let me know what you do. I don't think I'm gonna go to college, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting in a room, look who you're in a room with today, you know? That's like, what I'm saying. That's why it's like, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't be going to college if I was you, brother. Okay, say I'll take your advice, bro. Yes. But even then, like, I feel like that's dangerous advice because everybody has a passion, right? So mm -hmm. can everybody just follow their passion? I think so. How are we going to have doctors? How are we going to have some lawyers? doctors are passionate about being doctors. But do you think there's enough of those of those people to sustain a society? 
Because I agree about not going to college if it's for a liberal arts degree like you plan yeah. on going to. I don't think you should do that. But like real careers, <laughs> I think they, like, I, I don't see myself personally talking people out of them. No, so I'm not talking everybody out of college and careers. And, but this man right here specifically, I watched this man build a store in like two weeks and he's also best friends with you who's like the king of dropshipping. Like you're going to, if you, if you want to make money, it's not going to happen from that computer science degree. It's going to happen from the late nights at work. But back to what you were saying, yeah, of course we're going to always need careers and stuff, but I feel like everybody, especially as a kid and as like a young, young teen, like has an aspiration to do something in their life and the pressures of society push them away from wanting to do those things. And it gets to the point where they're 30 and they're like, oh, I used to play the flute when I was in, in, in college. I could have been the best flute player in the world, but they never pursued that. And that's like the ultimate like hell on earth is like you knew you wanted to do something with your life, but you never did it. So I, I say like, yeah, we need people with careers and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you got a dream, like chase that dream and don't let anybody, no matter who it is, your parents, your best friend, like stop you from doing that. Like for real, that's how I feel. Let them cook. <laughs> Come on now. That's how I feel though. Like, nah, I see that side of it too. Cause you don't want to get a degree that you're completely not interested in. I'm gonna say this. Anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, y'all not the people that's going to be in these regular, regular careers. You know, if you're tuning into this podcast, like you're obviously on a mission to like build something bigger and like become successful in your life. Even if, if that is in your career, you want to climb up. Um, so just whatever you do, be the best at it. Fair enough. Yeah. We never asked you, what, what's your advice for TJ? Yeah, facts. The college thing? See, I, I don't know if I agree. I don't think it's a bad idea to have a computer science degree as a backup plan. Why? Mm. Like, you can still, that, I guess that's because what I personally did was go to college and then do something on the side. And when that was working, that's when I quit college. I did the same thing, but... That, See, so are you. <laughs> but that that time that I spent in college did nothing for actually getting me to make more money, and it well, put me maybe, in debt. Maybe it put it me in twenty thousand dollars of debt that I had to deal with later on in my life. Okay, that's different. I had FAFSA, so yeah, I had bad grades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that, but it also kind of maybe locks you in a little bit. Yeah, it gets you focused. Maybe some people need that. That's right. I think the best thing college did for me is that I got to get out of my mom's house and go to a dorm room. Mm -hmm. and get in my own space for the first time so that for me that's that's priceless i feel like i'm just a pawn of the matrix right now <laughs> yeah, right. Bro, it's, it's not like... for everybody i'm not like a crazy college supporter and i do think you can make it without college but i don't know if it's a bad idea yeah i feel like if i did go to college i would feel more comfortable you know it's like oh i'm in college like i'm about to graduate in four years make six figures doing computer science but then if i wasn't in college four years to make six figures <laughs> no, but anyways, if I was in college or if I wasn't in college and I was just like grinding, I feel like I would never sleep in because it's like, yo, this is my only option, you know? So yeah, I would, I would never be. But it could be the opposite. It could be you're going to college and you're like, man, I really don't want to do this college thing. I really want to make this business work. Yeah, that's true. So it just depends. That's true. Did you go? For a little bit, but I dropped out. So everyone went and just dropped out. <laughs> that says everything you need to know. Um, but I hear, I hear your stance too, bro. At the end of the day, like, try it out. If you hate it, you could always leave. And, you know, my, my, my grandma, she's, the, she's a beautiful soul. She gave me some of the best advice ever. When I was in college and I was getting ready to drop out because I just wanted to focus on this business, you know what she told me? She said, you could always go back. Mm, there you go. That stuck with me forever. I was like, okay, I'm dropping out. Let's go. I'm starting a business. And I never looked back and I never went back. Well, actually, I just did. 
Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I start class on Monday. Yo, there's one last thing I have to tell you. 